Dang, girl, did you just come from Kansas? Because I'm the Wizard of Oz, and you can be my Dorothy. Really? <laughs> That's what it was? <laughs> Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast, presented by a whole bunch of different people that we will talk about, including all of the Avs RFAs. We're getting into, I mean, look, there's a lot of UFA work the Avs have to do this offseason, too, but we'll get to that as the, the offseason goes on. First, we need to talk about some of the guys in the Avs own camp, some of the guys they hold the rights to. Uh, now, keep in mind, qualifying offers do not need to come in until June 29th. So nothing is set in stone here. Nothing is confirmed. This is just an initial look at things. Uh, but still, certainly when it comes to Alex Newhook and Bowen Byram, the Avs have some significant decisions to make on their RFAs. And then there are some guys down the list as well that they're not going to be paying the big bucks to, but they do have to decide where they're going with guys, what they're doing with people. AJ, do you want to start with the AHL guys or do you want to start with the with the bottom of the NHL roster? Um, I mean, I don't really have strong feelings about the AHL guys. My my thoughts on the AHL guys are bring them back. Yeah. And I'm good with that. Just up and down. Well, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. The one guy who was more in the AHL than the NHL this year that I do think there's a little bit more of a conversation about is is Sampo Ranta. Yeah. And I, I guess my question at this point is, what's the game plan? What are the Avs doing with that guy going forward? It's been a few years now. He's seen some NHL action. Mm-hmm. Where's the path to an NHL job for him? Uh, I mean, I still think it's on that fourth line, and okay. I still think that... So so the difference between a guy like a Sampo and a Foodie and an Oscar Olsen, mm-hmm. for example. Um, guys that are competing, honestly, for a similar roster spot. Right, but it's with Foodie and, and Olsen, they're going to want to put them into more skilled positions if they can. Opportunity to play with a little bit more talent around them. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, we know... We know that the Avs are not going to just promote all these guys and say this is the bottom of our roster and call no, it good. No, there's going to be moves done in free They're agency. going to. Yeah. They have with, with Landis Cox, $7 million in LTIR. We've talked about this a little bit. We're going to talk about it right now. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing I think they're going to do with that $7 million is that that gives them a little bit of wiggle room to be more aggressive in a, with one-year offers Yep, for guys is that – Instead of instead of uh, maybe losing a guy because they could only offer a million for a year, they do two million for a year. Sure, for somebody that will say, "Yeah, I'll go play in Colorado." Mm-hmm. There's a massive appeal right now for playing in Colorado. Yep, it has reemerged as one of the places that players want to go. Well, I, you look at it, both at the bottom of a roster with guys like Darren Helm and Andrew Cogliano who have found mm-hmm. kind of second wins in their career now, you know, obviously injuries out of the abs control, sure. but even above that in the lineup, someone like an Evan Rodriguez, who is, I don't want to say revitalized his career because it was a career going just fine before that, but, but shown that he can be an NHL regular in a top nine, let's call it. Yeah. No, and I think that I think it's a good point to 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 look and say, okay, guys that came to Colorado, guys who had long careers. Yeah, <clears throat> we forget 
Andre Burakovsky was yep. a thirty-point guy when he showed up. Was a third liner at best, in, right? In Washington, yeah, and walked out walked out of here with a walked out of Colorado with a five and a half million dollar deal. Yep. You look at now, it, obviously things have gone extremely sideways for him, but when Jonas Donskoy was in Colorado, his two best point years, player basically, yeah, his two best years are in are in an Av sweater. Um, Nazem Kadri also had obviously his by far his best season. Yep, when he was a member of the Avs. But then you do look at Evan Rodriguez, and then you do look at hey the JT Comfort jump of last year. Yep, and you you kind of go through the roster. You look at defenders too. Josh Manson offensively was able to produce in a way that he really had not in his career. Even last year, the limited games that he played, his offense was popping. His yeah. offense, his offense was there in a, in a certain way, and uh, I, I just think that there's going to be an appeal in Colorado. Of I agree. Let's let's go to Colorado. We're gonna play. We're gonna play an up tempo system that's not going to suppress my offensive numbers. And yep. it could get me. It could get me instead of taking. And there's a really good chance I'm going to play with more scale than wherever I'm at right now. The 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 so what Evan Rodriguez did last year. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty heavy rumor out there that he turned down a multi-year deal from to one of the bottom feeders yeah. in the NHL. Um, you know, rumor has it that it was a three-ish year deal that he said no to. Uh, because he didn't want to go, he didn't want to go and play for a bad team, but he also didn't want to go to a place where his numbers were going to languish, and he wasn't going to be able to set himself his up. His career could be over at the end of that contract. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so he came to Colorado for one year, two million dollars. He outperformed that contract. Now it was imperfect. Obviously, there were issues with Evan Rodriguez, but yeah. he easily earned a multi-year deal, and it might even be here. It, it could be. Uh, for my money, I think they should try to bring Evan Rodriguez back. But uh, he gets to serve as kind of a good example here of what can happen if a guy takes the one-year chance and comes to Colorado. Yep. You know, the bottom of the lineup, guys, you know, Cogliano. Cogliano had his best offensive output last year in, in like years. In, in like like six Dude or seven years. 12 goals. <laughs> So, you know, you you are talking you you are talking about like they're they're in different roles. Yeah. There's a decent track record of guys coming to Colorado, dropping into this now obviously they have to fit, but the abs aren't going to guy aren't going to go after guys that aren't going to fit. Yeah. Uh and and getting that kind of bump and playing and and producing and playing pretty well. Absolutely. And so you look at that and you, 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 I, I think it's just an obvious appeal as a free agent. Totally. If you're, and this is going to be a guy that I'm, I'm going to bring up a lot this summer and I'm going to hammer away at this. I've, it's funny because it's annoyed me for years, but in this situation, at this time of his career, it really makes sense for the Avs to go after Jonathan Duran to try and fill yep. a kind of a middle six role and maybe more. We'll yep. see. <coughs> but Point being, lots of these guys. Dennis Mulgan's another guy. Yeah, we're that gonna, you look at, and I, we're going we're we're to get some Mulgan, get to that. Yeah. But Dennis Mulgan, another guy. Yeah, that shows up and has has some certain level of production. Up, uh, Nicholas Abe Kubel last year. I'd already yep. forgotten about him. You, I mean, you you go up and down the list. If you're even looking a little bit higher on the list, uh, player, players see 
what happens, not just to those guys, but take a look at Aval Nachushkin's career turnaround in Colorado. Take a look at yeah. Arturi Lekkinen coming in, and it's not just, hey, they they rehab your, your career, they turn you into something better. It's immediate with some of these guys <clears throat> that Correct. things get better. Yeah. So I think it's really easy to see that appeal from a free agent market, and that's really interesting. We'll talk about a lot of these free agents as yeah. the offseason goes on. To, to get into the point, though, what I was trying um, to get to I'm was not, with Sampo. I, this is, yeah, I, I want to talk about how does he weave through all of this well, and end up in the this NHL. This is the challenge oh, yeah. because the Avs can be more aggressive at the bottom of their roster this year with those deals. But he is, he is a guy, his size, his skating, he's got enough skill there. The appeal should be obvious. It's... Can he keep his head on straight in the defensive zone? And can he not take bad penalties? Yep. Can he not put the team in bad situations? Because I think that I, I, I still think that Sampo as a fourth line guy, as a 13th forward, as a guy like that, I would love to start having the conversation of keeping him. Sure. Uh, and, and and I mean keeping him out of training camp as your I, as your 13th it's, forward. It's super not this Curtis McDermott, Jacob McDonald. These two guys right. take up roster spots for you, and they they play two positions poorly, kind of thing. But an actual forward that's going to play forward for I, you. I mean, it's super easy to see the appeal on a fourth line of a guy his size, his skating ability to just go out there and run into stuff. Yeah, and then has a little bit of offensive skill to back it up. Too. Well, and, and right now, you know, if they if they open up next year and Alex Newhook is their four C again. <laughs> There's some talent yeah, there. Yeah, you're like, oh, there's a weird amount of skill down here on our fourth line. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it'll it be interesting. I think in my mind, realistically, I don't see Sampo fitting into the lineup. My expectation is they will solve a lot of those jobs with free agency. So I just struggle to see that path beyond a guy that has to have a good training camp, right? And then he becomes yes. a conversation for, for something like a call-up or, or yeah. whatever it might be. And and with Sampo, they're not done there. Sure. You know, like we had the feeling with, with Martin Kaut for the last couple of years that the organization. It was pretty over it, yeah. Like just wasn't super. And they ended up giving the guy like 30 games this year or something. Like he ended up playing he a played bunch. a good bit for sure. Um but with with a guy like Sampo, I think I would love to see that step forward. Um, with Olauson and Foodie, I think you are still. Those are neither one of those guys are guys. The way that they play the game, I don't want them on fourth lines. So, I think it's it's interesting with with those two. With Olauson, <clears throat> he's not ready. He needs to, you know, barring a, a camp where he just lights the world on fire, that's a guy I would expect to go back to the AHL and needs to put together a better offensive season down there than he did this year. Yeah. Uh, with Foodie, I think you're having a more interesting conversation of maybe there's a world yeah. where that guy could earn a job. Well, because there were a lot of things that you ended up liking about the nine games that he played here. Yeah. I was the hater. <laughs> Which ended up being really weird <laughs> because I was watching him play and I'm like, that's a big mistake. That's a really bad read. Oh my God. What's he doing here? There was a lot of, there was a lot of things, but what you loved is that he was making something happen every game. It, there, there were a whole lot of holes yeah. in the game 
But like, you, you can watch that him. with a young player. Yeah. You're watching him either on a four check, either you know making a uh, making a great read in the offensive zone with the playmaking, you know reading the ice and somewhat there was something that was jumping off the ice every game where you were like, oh my gosh, a proof of concept that he can do it at that level. Yeah, big fan of this, and there was there was a lot to like in those nine games. There was a lot that I thought, holy crap, he's just not quite ready for this yet. But he was an awful lot closer to breaking through and being a guy that you got really excited about. Yeah. Than I think any of the other ones, uh, any any of the other Eagles, and I'm not going to fight the Martin Cow thing anymore. Ever he's again. not an Avs. Yeah, organization it just doesn't. Anymore, how I so. feel is totally irrelevant. Yep. So I think it's it's interesting. He with Foodie, um, I think he's going to have a really interesting camp ahead of him. Yeah. Um, where you try and fit him into your roster, like you're talking about, oh, you need depth guys. You're going to need depth scoring, and uh, you know, do Sampo Ranta and Jean Luc Foudy address that? I really don't know, but well, I think uh, I do also want to see some of the other college free agents. It really, really sucks we don't have Megan here for our conversation today. Yeah, um, you know, life stuff happens sometimes, but. We built a show around part of this was going to be Megan telling us about how some of these guys were going to fit. But you do look at some of the college free agents that they signed. Uh, you know, uh, the kid from Minnesota State, Pavel, yep. is the kind of bigger body, you know, bangs, grinds, four checks. A, a bottom six style like player he, more so. Yeah, uh, Jason Pullen uh, comes from... Uh, Western Michigan and has that kind of that same kind of mentality, you know, defense first takes care of that part of the ice, you know, all those things you are, you are looking at a couple of those guys and saying, I am open to this. Well, and this is where it gets hard for me for someone like a foodie. Not only do you have the college free agents, yeah. then in front of those guys, you have a Ben Myers, you have a Dennis Mulgan. Yeah. And and all of a sudden that list of guys starts stacking up pretty quickly. Not that from an organizational standpoint, this is a good thing. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> that they have this many options. That it it can be a competition for. Hey, we want the best player to to win the spot when it comes to training camp in a handful of months. Well, what you're afraid of is that the best player wins that and then scores three points in forty games. Yeah, exactly. And you go, that's the best. Not good enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do want to talk more about Myers and Mulligan specifically. But first, we are brought to you guys by Bacchus and Shanker. You can call 222-2222 today to get a hold of them if you have been injured, whether it be a car accident. P.S. Shut up, Megan. You might need to call Bacchus and Shanker. I don't know. Uh, if you have been hurt at work and it's not your fault, if you were in a rideshare situation, you weren't even driving and something happened, Bacchus and Shanker just wants to get you what you deserve. So hit two for a while. Go to coloradolaw.net. Get a hold of them. They will give you a consultation completely free. If they think you have a case, they'll take it on completely free. You won't pay a single dime until they win your case. So you get what you deserve out of your case with Bacchus and Shanker. They've won over a billion dollars over 25 years of doing this. So they're, uh, they're really, really good at doing what they do, to say the least. Uh... Uh, their salary cap is pretty big over there at Bacchus and Shanker. We'll put it that way with the, with the money they will make for you. So go check them out today. Again, call 222 
two two today to get what you deserve out of your case. And then we're brought to you by Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel merchandiser of the NBR. Meant to wear my Pins and Aces beanie today because yeah. the weather was. The hat will have to do on the yeah. on the table for us. They have some some sick colors for to sort the abs out if that's what you're looking for. Tons of other options as well. They got polos. They got pants. They got golf cleats. They got golf gloves. They got golf tees. They got everything you can imagine covered with golf. So. Go check them out at pinsandaces.com. Use the DNVR code to get 15% off when you order with them. All sorts of good stuff. If you want to be the coolest guy on the golf course, you can get the beer sleeve or the liquor stick. You can be serving drinks out on the golf course like a like a cool guy. So Work. check them out. Pinsandaces.com. Uh, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Eh, I, I'm going to do that forever. I can't not. It's just... It's it's fine. They're still one of our sponsors. Uh, all right. Last spot on the roster. Ben Myers or Dennis Mulligan? Which yeah. one do you want to start yeah. with, man? Because <laughs> I feel like we have two really different conversations it, here. They are wildly, wildly different, I think. Uh, let's, let's start with Myers. Okay. Because I think his conversation is interesting as a guy who uh, at times certainly struggled to produce the numbers when it comes to points production across the course of the season at the NHL level. But when you look at the underlyings, you feel pretty good about his game. Now, there's not like some incredible ceiling here. I, I don't think you're expecting this guy to ever become even like a, a 30 point guy at this point if you get that you're over the moon about it okay you're a believer i am to that level yep all right sell me on uh why the app should sign him for a million years then well i'm not making that argument okay. i think ben meyer should just get up whatever his QO is, and we sure. can move on. Just address that after he gets more opportunity this season. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, so the thing the thing that I really liked about Ben Myers, uh, his speed played. Yeah, for it sure. Had a cons- and he's such a smart player. He was consistently involved in he, good things. He, he, every and night, he very, generated a quality chance. Very, like. very, very rarely was he involved in a major defensive mishap. Sure. I mean, he it didn't play happened. a ton of minutes, but sure. Yeah, but you're talking about you're talking about a guy that you have to. So you have to score. You naturally have to score to be a forward in the NHL. About the only position that they will ever allow a guy to just give you no offense <laughs> is if you are a like hard shutdown defenseman. Yep. Who is if you're Jack Johnson. If basically. you're well, if you're if you're physical and you're mean and yep. you suck to play against and you do all these other little things and you have a limited role, fine. You could score 12 points a year and a team will be well, they can live with that. Yep. It's fine. That's not the world as as a, as a forward. Yep. And there's no getting around that Ben Myers's production this year was just unacceptable. Yeah, I, the actual points production, yes. The rate at which he was producing opportunities, 
So this is where this is where I am feeling like there's a lot of confidence in me that Ben Myers that the Avs were right that they that they won the sweepstakes for Ben Myers. Ben Myers was highly coveted. Yep. Coming out of college, highly coveted. Mm-hmm. And there was a reason for that. There was this talk that he's going to be the best undrafted free college free agent since Tyler Bozak, you know, who had a was a consistent 40 point guy for a lot of his career. I don't know that Ben Myers has got that in him, but I I, mean, I think I think he could be an NHL regular for sure. But I, I well, I'm convinced he's a regular because when you look at the underlings, they're not great. Mm-hmm. But like you pull up the J Fresh card on him. And the one thing that you have to keep in mind is that a lot, a lot of the final number has to do with production. Yep. And that was, and and there's no getting around. Again, there is no dancing around that Ben Myers has to produce more. Yeah. But he was, his speed, his hockey IQ, his hands, uh, his playmaking, all of those things played. On a consistent basis last year. I, yeah, he even I, looked pretty good in that Seattle series. I, he, I really didn't have a major problem with Ben Myers in the postseason. It was not. it. I, I For me, he played. Yeah, His skills I, played. All you, of it. All of, I, I've got time for Ben Myers if, all day. I mean, if you watch him night in and night out, I think it's really easy to see how you get a 20-point player out of that guy. I think it's more than that, man. I think it's 15-15. At its best, I, and I, I would take it. I wouldn't come. I wouldn't be complaining. It might be more it, depending on who he ends up playing with. It might be more like maybe like a ten twenty. Sure, I'd, but I, I definitely think, uh, I definitely think this is a this is a guy. He goes to the net and ends up with grade A scoring chances. Way too often for it not to turn into something. But you look at Logan O'Connor and how many scoring chances that guy leaves on the table. Yep, he had nine goals this year. Yep, like. You know, you can get it, and I think, and I think there's more offensive upside, more natural offensive upside in Ben Myers than Logan O'Connor. I think there's more finishing skill there. But I, I am confident. I, I'm, I will just say confident that Ben Myers is one of the mini breakout guys next year. He's going to be one of the guys that we talk about. He has a career year because his career year is three goals. Yeah, it's low bar, low bar. (laughs) (laughs) But he's going to be one of the guys that internally, when they say they need a better bottom six, that's where you can start. And I think if he can turn around and replace the production that Dennis Mulgan gave you this year, that's a great and. That's a that's a great jump. So what? Because I don't. I am not buying the Mulgan mania happening again. So one. I'm not buying Mulligan Mania happening again either, but this is a guy the Avs went out and traded for. This is a guy the Avs actively went out and sought. Yeah. It'd be really weird for them not to keep him around. Yeah, I mean, they went out. They they, they did the same thing with Abe Kubel. You're not wrong. And what's the one thing? uh, Both, both. So Nicholas Abe Kubel and Dennis Mulligan couldn't be more different. Uh, <laughs> Abe Abe Kubel, way more physical, yep. way harder on the forecheck, way more really. I'm only go shot after the you. puck on the offensive yeah, exactly. side. And Mulligan, yeah. like way more of an offensively skilled guy. Yeah, who's five foot nine and has to raise his raise his uh, game to, uh, 
you know, kind of meet NHL standards. Well, and uh, here's the, the thing is they both produced in the regular season. Mulgan went away in the playoffs. Here's here's just was nothing. My biggest problem with Dennis Mulgan is in a year where the Avs don't have 450 man games lost, that dude's never going to get into your top six. Yeah, where, where half of his production came at the end of the year, especially. Right. And and it, we see this happen all the time with quadruple A players. Yeah. Where they play a top six style game and it really just doesn't work very well in the mm-hmm. NHL bottom six. And credit to Mulgan when he first got here. He found ways to produce a goal here, produce a goal there in the Avs yeah. bottom six. Well, and he's skilled enough that you think he can do that, but but it's just really hard to play that way in the bottom six for 82 games. Yeah, and so this is where if you give him a QO and he signs the QO, I think you're fine with that. Yeah. Because his QO should only be like 900K or something. Totally. I, I, I think it's a guy that probably falls into like a 12th, 13th forwards type of role. And for if he you. ends up as if he ends up on your opening night roster and like you have a Ben Myers and a Dennis Morgan at the bottom of your lineup, like you're yeah, not in bad shape. You, you feel okay about it for sure. It's okay is how I would is how I would feel. It's okay. You don't feel great. I I, I would I say think that's fair for me. I think it would be disappointing if that's if if that's your opening night. If they're both on their opening yeah, night, I, I'd feel better about it if whatever. one of them's a thirteenth. I would say, yeah, exactly. And and again, that gets solved in free agency with who they got and acquire more than anything else. But yeah, and this is where this is where my thing with Dennis Morgan, where at the end of the year it was like, yeah, they should probably sign him. They should probably play him in the postseason. This and that. But again, there are there are Dennis Morgan and Nicholas Abikov. There are guys that help you get through a regular season, and there are guys who help you win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, and I don't know that Dennis Morgan is a guy that helps you win a Stanley yeah, Cup. I, I mean. Again, just look at the style of play. He, well, and, it and does the, just hard to do. You that look at in the, the difference. Playoffs, you know, yeah. you look at you look in the in the playoff series, and I I know a lot of people crushed Alex Newhook for the way that he played in the way more impactful series. than Dennis Morgan. But yeah, you look you Dennis Morgan totally ghosted that series. Yep, and I know that his role was reduced, and that he didn't play a lot of minutes and this and that, but he didn't do anything with them. Yep. And that was kind of the fear with him going into the into the postseason was that it, when he was not playing in the Colorado's top six anymore, that he was not going to be a guy that could impact the game. Yeah. Now you could probably argue instead of Matt Nieto being in the top six, being on the you second line for Morgan a handful up there. of games, I would have. Yeah. They could have tried Dennis Morgan, and we could have at least gotten to see what it would have looked like. Yeah. Fair point. Like fair point. But. I don't I mean I think I, I guess my thing with Morgan is if they if they don't QO him I don't care. I I would not and care. And if they brought him back with you. and he was part of the if he's part of the math if he's part of the buffer between having to play Curtis McDermott at forward fine. I would be a I would be a little bit surprised if they didn't QO him but I wouldn't be like I a guy that was yelling about it. I'll put it that way. I just, you can find and literally exemplified by the fact that they did it. You can find guys like that, this sure. type of guy just regularly. Yep. And a name we haven't brought up, but how different is it? If you don't QO Dennis Morgan and you give that job full time to Alex Galchenyuk next year, 
an option on the table. Is there anything? Does it does it look different they're, at all? Uh, they're basically the same player, but Galchenyuk has a way better NHL track record. <laughs> like, and at this point in their career, if you got if if the Avs got an eleven eleven season out of Alex Galchenyuk next year, great, cool. It's found money, basically, right? Like, like cool. I'm just saying. I just I guess I just don't. You know. Yeah. I just don't see. I, 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 when it comes to Mulgan, I'm, I'm just not going to pound the table on. Not going to fetter over it either those. way. Yeah. Sure. Uh, those guys are just findable. They're available every year. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Dennis Mulgan's also like 26 years old. So, um, you know. Um, like right in the heart of his prime, and Alex Newhook is still 21, 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex Newhook is 22 and trying to figure it out, and blah, 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 blah. But one of them was a whole lot more noticeable in the postseason, and it was Newhook. Yeah, uh, did it, it wasn't good enough. No, for sure. None of us are going to tell you that shit. Neither was anyone else in the ass yeah. bottom six, <laughs> straight up. I mean, really. Once, once the series got going and there was no Nachushkin, uh, it was really like Evan Rodriguez was your f- Evan Rodriguez and Arturi Lekkinen, your third and fourth best forwards, and after that, I'm not giving any love to any of those guys. It was tough. Uh, anyway, I do want to get to Alex Newhook, but first, we are brought to you by Foco. Mm. Uh, you can go over there, go to foco.com, use code DNVR, get 10% off all of your merch, whether it be for the Avs or the Nuggets or any other hockey team or basketball team or football team or sports team. They've got you covered with licensed merchandise, licensed apparel. If you want to get bobbleheads, they got those. If you want to get other strange knickknacks, they've got those. If you want to just get a shirt, wow. they've got that. Darnell Nurse got suspended. And... Petrangelo didn't. He only got fined. Dude, yeah. at what point does the NHLPA just say we are protesting until this, this George Peros gets fired? Headache. Like I literally can't. <laughs> I don't understand. Anyway, what I do understand is that Foco has dope merch. So go check them out. Foco.com. Use the DNVR code to get 10% off over Oof. there and then go get yourself some shady rays too. make sure you're looking good in your sunglasses uh you know even on yeah no kidding with the the amount of wetness out there their ski and snowboard goggles could keep you keep your eyeballs dry a little bit not going blind out there uh they've got you covered with whatever sunglass needs you want you know whether you get the crazy big aviators that take up my entire face or you want some smaller rims or some other style. They've got them all. They've got different polarizations. They've got, I don't even know, what, what would you call them? Different frame style, not frame styles, but like materials. Yeah. Yeah. Texture, sure, that's a good word for it. They've got it all with sunglasses. When you use the DNVR code over at ShadyRays.com and you buy two pairs or more, you get 50% off your entire order. And for the first 30 days, they'll replace them if anything goes wrong. So check them out, ShadyRays.com. If you're local, they've got a brick and mortar at the Park Meadows Mall. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast brought to you by whoever I want. 
Uh, Alex Newhook. Let's let's start here. He had a thirty point season this year. A perfectly reasonable season from a player in a bottom six role, which is what he was for the majority of the year. Uh, basically all year. Really did not get, had, you know, maybe a handful of games where he got some shifts on the second line. Those came at wing usually also. Um, I do think the Avs do need to make some decisions here about what Alex Newhook's future on this team is. Is he a guy they really want to push into that center position and do that for you? Is he a guy that more so fills the JT Comfer role of a guy that's going to fill in everywhere in your lineup and just kind of be a versatile tool that you can use anywhere? And it's the question. This one to me isn't that complicated when it comes to the RFA conversation. You give that guy a contract where both numbers you know, start with two. Yeah. So <clears throat> going through cap friendly last night and going through contract comparables, uh, I started with a 2.2 or a two by two sure. for new hook. And you could argue that it's a pretty good space there. His most, uh, his best comparable in terms of games played to points uh, is actually Sam Bennett. Um, who took a, a very similar deal. It was like 1.9 or something. Um, but that, that, that deal was signed in 2017. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually if you're going to use a contract comp from seven years ago, six years ago, you're going to have to spend a little bit more money. So I bumped it up to 2.3 to see how close we could get. And there's a lot of recent comparables at that, that started, that started to really match up nicely. Okay. And I think that, you know, the two by two is what they gave Tyson Jost a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And that's not that great of a comparable because Jost had a hundred more games played. Yep. And less production. And his point per game production was definitely lower. Yep. Uh, So, so call it two and a half. Well, and so I think two point three is probably where you should probably settle. Sure, I think that that's a I think that's a fair price for everybody. Uh, I think that that's a I think that's a fair price for everybody. Yeah, I just two point three. The comparables match up. It's and, and like if it has to go to two point five, okay, like. You're not going to break the bank over. Yeah, 200K. that extra 200k just is not that big of a deal for a guy that you have real expectations for. So, and even if even if that guy goes out and he gives you 30, 35 points again next year for two and a half million dollars, that's every fine. Penny, yeah, it's fine. So let me ask you this then: Is there a world where you take a risk where you give him a little bit more to get an extra year or two? No. Um. So with with that, I would say absolutely. Absolutely not, because part of the math that you're trying to the, the 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 challenge that you're navigating this year is the math for this year. And I understand if you try and give him if you try and give him a five year deal, you're gonna have to weigh over. You're gonna have to give him four million dollars. Yeah, it, it's and where you're looking at the, you're looking at years three, four, and five and of, saying uh, getting value there woo. in theory. Yeah. Is he anywhere close to worth $4 million right now? No, no, he's just not. Yeah. And 
he would be dumb to say no to that. If the Avs offered him a five-year deal at $4 million per, it could end up being great in subsequent years. Yep. He could also still be a 30-point guy. Exactly, four years from now. and yeah. that's the danger zone of those contracts is that you have to be right about those guys. Mm-hmm. They have to give you surplus value. A $4 million player being four, being worth $4 million is okay. It's a small loss for you, though. You need guys to be able to outplay those deals, and those those mid-tier guys need to be outplaying them. And with Newhook, the answer is just no right now. And you need you need... You need to try and save some of that money for another guy. If you if you knew one hundred thousand percent for sure that you were getting a fifty point season out of Alex Newick, if you were Biff from Back to the Future and you had the sports almanac from, <laughs> from way in the future yeah. <laughs> and you could read ahead and you could see that Alex Newick is giving you fifty points next year, it's even more incentive to give him two million dollars this year. Because you're going to get that much surplus value out of it. And then you could spend that extra $2 million on another player. So there's no reason. There's just no reason under the sun to go long here. This is a classic bridge deal. Even if they they wanted to give him a one year at $2 million. If they wanted to give him one year, like one point eight million, whatever, and sure. try and save a little bit on yeah. the margins, I'd be fine with that. I don't think they need to do that. I don't but either. I think I would go two by two by two point three, and I would just let it be. That, That's exactly the it, range that I would it go. Really doesn't seem like this is hard either. It seems like this negotiation should take ten minutes. They sit down in the room. They say, "Look, here's the comparable. We'll give it to you. We're done here." So to me, this one is is maybe the easiest of the jobs that they have to do of the actual guys where you're talking about negotiating contracts with beyond just giving them a QO. I just don't think it's a complicated one for Newhook. Yeah, so. for Newhook, I just don't I don't think there's there's enough games played there. There's enough points. There's enough contract comps over the years uh, where you can look at it and say the guys that got. Uh, the contract comps that ended up with higher paid contracts are all guys who had the power of arbitration available to them. Mm-hmm. Alex Newhook does not. Nope. So you do not have that coming off your yells. Yeah, he so. does not have he does not have arbitration behind him as a potential uh, tool here. This is this should be a painless and easy conversation. Should be right in that two million dollar range. Give give or take a year here, a year there, and a couple hundred k. I, I, th- if it gets to three, I'm uncomfortable. And, and that's if it gets to three, I want a third year personally. Uh, well, and that's I think the abs go into that room and they say, "Hey, let's start at two point five for three years." And if Newhook takes it, great. When he c- counters at no, give me two point five for two. They can fight on the money number a couple hundred k if they want to, but yeah. ultimately somewhere in there is fine. The one, the way harder conversation yeah, is. Yeah, the Bowen one Byram, that gets far man. more interesting. Way harder is Bowen Byram, top to bottom, a, a guy that it's hard to judge, as you can see there. Across a three-year ELC, he only played ninety-one games, not even a hundred regular season NHL games under his belt, but also is producing at over 
half a point per game this season, close to that across all 91 games, is electric at times. You can see the high-end skill there. Mm -hmm. You pretty much have this guy penciled in as a top-pairing guy for you in your future somewhere. Even a bridge deal is not going to be in the $2 million range. I'll put it to you that way. And is there a world where the Avs can lock him up longer term? So I know people are talking. It's so interesting to me that people want to trade Sam Gerrard because $5 million is too much for a guy who hasn't ever had a 40-point season and hasn't ever done this, this, then, that, and the right. Yeah. Like all these different things. Oh, he's never done these things. Owen Byram's never played a full season. People are talking about giving him $7 million. That's too much. I, That's too much dollars. For me, I walked into this saying I'd offer him a six by six. And I went and tried to find a contract comparable. Couldn't find one. You're not even close. Yeah. Man. I, six, you're basically coming six up. feels like way too much. You're like, basically coming up with a brand new market. Yeah. I mean, I'd give him the Sam Gerard deal, which is five. And even that, you would be taking a big leap. For sure. For a guy that has shown no ability to play 82 games. Not even 82 games. Close to 82 games. Yep. Has not even come close to 82 games. And the season that he just had was plenty encouraging. When he was on the ice, it yeah. was great. I mean, yeah. you're talking about a guy that, that was on pace for a 40-point season. Yep. But on pace, you know. Isn't actually doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, you know, again, you look at a guy like Sam Gerard was on pace for a pretty prolific year during the 56-game season. Yep. When he peaked and was absolutely at his best. Um. It's, it's, you know, and Sam Gerard's a good example because Sam Gerard had a tale of two seasons here. Mm -hmm. The first half of his year, he was brutally bad and had no production to back him up. In the second half of the season, he was significantly better with quite a bit of production to back him up. That's what happens when you stay healthy, though. You get the ebbs and flows. Bowen Byram didn't stay healthy for enough of the season to really see how he handled ebbs and flows. To see where his games look, what his game looked like when it hit peaks and valleys, we got a microcosm of it in the postseason. Yeah, with the seven game series against Seattle, where he came out and was maybe their best player in the first two games. He and was then, awesome, and then had some serious, mistakes. and then took yeah. a major downturn as the series went on. Yep, and by the end of it, was just not was not much of an impact guy. So. Let's start here then. Is it worth the risk to try and go longer term with Bo? I mean, I think I think because of what you how you feel about Byram and you feel about what you've seen and you're so tantalizing, you know, the, the potential is so tantalizing. And you you feel like this kid's gonna be a stud. Yeah. If he can like, stay on the ice, he's gonna be really, he's, really he's good. going to yeah. be a star. Yep. You can talk yourself into saying, okay, yeah, we want to give him the Sam Gerard deal. We want to seven years at five million would feel like a major steal. But you're also talking about a guy that has missed portions of two seasons 
large portions of two seasons with concussion problems. Yep. Now, he hadn't missed any time last year to, to the concussion. It was all lower body. It was all leg thing. It was all an ankle, whatever. Yeah. So that gives you some confidence that maybe the concussion stuff is in the rearview mirror and you're okay with it. Mm-hmm. And it was just downright bad luck. Hopefully. But when you get into his when you get into his actual on ice production, he is it's, among the worst of Colorado's defenders in yep. high danger chances and scoring chances and shots against on a per 60 basis. Of their regulars. Yep. He's worse than Gerard is for anybody that's freaking out. He's among their worst. Yep. He's among their youngest, obviously. He's those things. Add and up. when you're talking about he doesn't have a hundred regular seasons, a uh, hundred regular season games played in three years. That's where you see it hurt him the most. That's all experience. That's all growth that he missed out on. Tons of games that he missed out on. Mm-hmm. When you saw him in the postseason, you know, one thing that gives you a lot of hope is the postseason, the cup run. Where he was nails. He kicked ass in the cup final against Tampa Bay. And he was awesome in that series. And I think part of that conversation this year is Bo didn't really have the safety blanket of a strong defensive defenseman to pair with. Yeah. He didn't have a a Josh Manson, who I know I spent a lot of time with Gerard, too, last year. He didn't have an Eric Johnson that could functionally skate. Yeah. He played next to Kale McCarr and Sam Gerard. Yep. So he had to fend for himself a good bit more on that end of the do. He had to step his game up a little bit and just did it. Yep. So when you get into into the underlying numbers, they're not there. When you get into the track record, it's not there. When you get into a contract comparable, there's one that exists. Yeah. And I was able to find one that I really liked, maybe three in total that I thought were interesting. Okay. Really weirdly. Oh, boy. They were all signed in 2014. <laughs> okay. I thought... It, and Just randomly? Yeah. yeah. Your your best contract comp right now is Tory Krug. Okay. From 2014. Yeah, I get Because 2015 contract was a little bit bigger. Yeah, I I get that. But Tyson Berry's deal with the Avalanche. Sure. Before he went to arbitration. Yep. Is also on there. And Justin Schultz's deal in Edmonton. Okay. Where he was productive. He was really productive in a limited number of games. Was the Schultz deal? 3.675. 3.675. Yeah, okay, so it was under four. It was 3.675, by far the highest. Those others were in the twos. Yeah. Barry's, Barry's I believe, was... It was like 2.4, I think. Uh, I think it was 2.6. Okay, sure. But we're splitting hairs here. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, it was, I think it was 2.6. And Krug's was like 1.9. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're talking all this conversation about giving this guy five years and six years and blah, 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 blah. Do you even want to mess with it when you can just give him two years at two something or whatever, three something if it has to be? It. I I think the. I think the smart play here is to probably just give him two years, keep the number down, and let him stay healthy and prove it. Yeah. And if he ends up costing you a lot of money, it's because something went very very well, and you got a great value out of him over the two years. Exactly, and it also kicks the can down the road of. Having to make a, a Devon Taves, Sam Gerard, do we trade one of these guys? Yeah. 
you you kick that can down the road for a year. Sure. Which you want to continue to kick it down the road as long as you possibly can. You don't want no doubt. to ever have to pick it up and go, okay, well, I traded the can. Yeah. You, you don't have to force yourself to lose pieces, right? Yeah. And... Because you don't have leverage in that deal. The the problem there is there is a certain point where it becomes short-sighted and you're going to end up losing more because you didn't pay Byram in the first place. Yeah, and But it's a lot harder to say that when the abs are in the middle of a cup window. Yeah, and, and I also, like, uh, I just think that it's we make too big of a deal of this stuff and it's really easy. It's really easy to say we love this kid. We want him to be around for a long time. We think he's going to be great, and he just hasn't proven it yet. Byram has shown phenomenal glimpses. He's had yeah. stretches where he's been great. He has not put together an entire season. He has not put together a full run of play that that I think demands that he be a long-term guy. So I walked into this thinking they should try and go long-term with him. I I've walked out of it now thinking they should probably just try and give him a two or three year deal and whatever it costs them on the backside, it costs well, they, them because he's earned. He here's, earns it. here's the ace in the hole of the backside of that. In two or three years, you're going to have a whole lot better idea of what a regular cap looks like in the NHL. Yeah. You're going to understand how much the cap is going up on a year to year basis. That should be more than this million dollar stuff that Correct. the NHL is getting right now. And that's where I think, okay, you give him a two- to three-year deal. By the end of that, you'll know, hey, we're getting an extra $5 million at the end of this year or whatever that mm-hmm. number happens to be. Throw that at Byram, and then we can sort out the rest of it. Yeah, and you know that you do have raises. Uh, you do have raises for Miko Ranton and Kale McCarr coming up. Of course, up. of course. And you're worried about that, and then you're saying, well, uh, if you keep Devon Taves and you have, you have Devon Taves around, I think almost just because the ice time and the opportunity won't be there for Byram to dominate, It'll suppress him a little you bit, almost, yeah. you almost keep him sure. from having that massive breakout just because you are already paying a Devontae's if they do, if they are able to keep him or whatever. Yep. And if, if they choose to move on from Taves or they trade a Gerard or whatever, Byram's role gets bigger, mm-hmm. and then he will get that opportunity to earn that money over those couple of years. Yep. But I, I, I this is going to be a hard. I think this is going to be a hard one. I mean, that's. I agree. If the team really, really, really wants to go long term, like if they really they want could. to, they could. They're they're completely out in no man's land where they don't have any history behind them. There's no history behind them for a guy with this limited of a track record getting. A long-term deal. I looked, man. I couldn't find one. It just one. doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, the longest that you get are three- and four-year deals, and they were a long time ago, Yeah, and they were for guys who ended up being more of defensive defensemen, not guys that you, that you thought had the ability to be high-end two-way players. So the thing is, like, you're not bridging him to UFA. If You, you could give him a three-year deal, and he wouldn't be. Yeah. He'd still he, be RFA. Correct. So... I would give him I would try and give him a two year deal and I would say three million dollars is is where I would have it at. I'd do that. There for are sure. there are plenty of contract comps there. Everybody wants to use the Noah Dobson deal as the comparable. The thing is, Noah Dobson had 
multiple full seasons yeah. of play. Noah Dobson was coming off of a healthy 51-point yeah. year. Yeah, it, which had Bo and Byram been healthy and played all those games, maybe you're having that conversation. Right. But and he so didn't. you look at so, that and you say, that's too far yeah. for me with the Noah Dobson. That's three years and $4.1 million. Mm-hmm. So that you you have to hard cap it under four then, right? Like, yeah, for, for me, yes. If you're doing a two or three year deal, yes. If it's a three year deal, I think three at three and a half is completely fair I, for both. I'd sides. be fine with that. Yeah, and I think that that's I think that's where it should go. So ideally, under four, two or more years, and the numbers fluctuating and in and around there a little bit. Um, I this is something that I'm sure we'll update and revisit as the off season goes on, and and some more clarity yeah. of the AV situation well, comes through because but, because this is RFA. Um, I would not expect this to be done anytime soon. No, no. Again, QOs I, are due June 29th. So I am going to, uh, I am going to start for trying to prepare people that this is going to be done in September. <laughs> this is going to be kind of, uh, it, it's going to be a struggle mm-hmm. and I would not uh, just, I would not think I, I don't plan. Don't plan for this to be done before training camp. Would not be surprising at all. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't plan for it to be done before then. Um, and we'll see how much of that money they spend in the summer and how much they leave themselves in terms of wiggle room for a Byram deal. Um, Cause I think that would also be instructive if they, for sure, if they roll into training camp with $10 million of space, you know what they're there trying could be to do a long-term with Byram. Deal coming here. Yeah. You know what they're trying to if do. They leave themselves with four million dollars exactly. of space. Exactly. If yeah. there's four or five million dollars of cap space going in and Byram's not signed, then you know, hey, they're trying to. And I will say this: if they're comfortable with going short term and Byram's going comfortable short term, it should not be a problem. Yeah. It really it should shouldn't go that done. long. Yeah. The only reason that it would make sense to me that this thing went long term. Is because one side, one side is trying to get a long, a long deal, and the other one's trying to get a short deal, and they're just at the impasse there, and they can't hammer out the in between, because if they're both in agreement that hey, we're just going to see what happens short term, fine. And and if if if, if Bowen Byram earns a nine million dollar deal on the other side of that, then Bowen Byram played. Unbelievably yeah, good hockey, you're, you're, and you feel like you might have won a stand, another Stanley Cup right. at that point. You, you certainly have the future of your top pairing decided yeah. forever, and you find well. and you yeah. find a way to keep him right. under no exactly. under yeah. no circumstances. Are you sitting here going, "Well, we're gonna we we've got to be able to keep these guys so that we but we just can't afford buy No, you keep your best players and you figure out the rest. Yep, if they're that good, you figure it out. Okay. I think we can wrap up today's show. Any final thoughts on the RFAs, AJ? It should be a mostly drama-less season. The only one is Byram. The rest of these should be straight, real, straightforward real straightforward. Yep. A lot of QOs. Uh, and really the only other guy, Malgan. Yep. Um, he might have a leg to stand on to ask for 1.25. Mm-hmm. If he does, I wouldn't QO him. I'm not I, giving him. I that. wouldn't give him anything over a mil. I wouldn't give him a million. So, 
I'm not going to fight anybody if they do. And, but I, and if he just me. goes and gets that somewhere else, good for him. Yep. Happy for him. Uh, we do have two super chats here. Melanie giving us 10 bucks saying, just stopping in to say hi and thank you. I missed a couple days, but I'm all caught up now. Yeah, look, you guys don't have to catch us live. We appreciate all y'all in chat, but if you miss us, we're here on YouTube forever. If you want to listen in your car, we are a podcast. You can get us on Spotify and all the other Apple podcasts, all the networks. You can get our podcast that way too. So thank you, Melanie. Uh, and then $2 from Vaguely Sober who says, congrats on hitting 40K subs on to 50K. Slowly but surely. Thanks, Coach Prime. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, all right. We're going to get out of here for today. We appreciate all of y'all. We will be back tomorrow for a Friday show. I don't know what we'll do. We'll see. Yeah, we haven't decided on a Friday show. If you guys yeah. have any... Uh, if you guys have any suggestions, hit us up. Otherwise, we might just open it up to the floor and have it a mailbag episode yeah, tomorrow. Not a bad idea. Maybe it'll we'll be the two of us again. So you guys are stuck with us. I have three three shows this week, just the two of us. Yeah, it's just how things yeah. go. Yeah, it's just how the week uh, kind of broke down. So so expect more of us. Sorry, we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>